Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. KYW Original Podcast. Really pleased to be joined by former Sixer, Temple alum, NBC Sports Philadelphia Sixers analyst Mark Jackson to talk about yesterday's game, the loss to the Hawks, as well as the series moving forward. Mark, I really appreciate you doing this on short notice. Uh, My first thing that I'm wondering is, what's your overall reaction to what happened yesterday? My overall reaction is disappointment. Disappointment um, for two things. Uh, Our defense in the pick and rolls as well as the disappointment of the, uh, the unforced errors with the turnovers. You know, I think those are the two biggest things that I take away from that, uh, the game from yesterday. But I think those are easier adjustments, and I, thought, I think we took the Hawks' best shot. And unfortunately for them, I think that's all they have to get. Well, I think that, um, and I agree with you on all those things, I think that the, the first 14 minutes of that game, before Doc called a timeout really early in the second quarter, I think that was probably the worst 14 minutes the Sixers played all season. And if it was half as bad, I think with the way that they came back, they would have found a way to steal game one from the Hawks. Uh, What did you think about the first quarter and how much did the first quarter and the early moments of the second really play a part in what happened in the final result? Yeah, you know, the Hawks shot, (laughs) they shot the seams off the ball. You know, when Collins is hitting threes, you know you're in for a long night because that's the person you normally rotate off of and leave them open. But he came out hitting shots, and the Sixers in a turnovers, man. I think it was at one point they had like six straight, six six out of eight possessions with turnovers, and uh, and 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 that for me was a big problem because the turnovers they had wasn't. There's no disrespect, but they weren't forced by the Atlanta Hawks. It was just errant passes by the six that forced that. So what what do you think of um because a lot was made of this too you know the turnovers and the defense but a lot specifically with the defense was made with uh, uh, Danny Green sticking Trey Young for most of the first half and Doc not going to Ben Simmons sticking Trey Young earlier uh, Trey only had ten of his thirty five after halftime what did you think of that strategy and did you think that the Sixers should have put Ben on Trey Young earlier in the game See now here's the thing Ben to me is the defensive player of the year. But the way that they used the pick and rolls, I don't think it matter who guarded them. That the job wasn't Ben or Danny Green. The job was Joel Embiid. So what I mean by that, when they were setting pick and rolls, they were playing softer pick and rolls. Meaning Joel kept backing up, and then the guard's job is to go over the screen and chase and cause deflection or deterrent from behind of the offensive player. The big adjustment we made was instead of Joel backing up, Joel came up and almost trapped the ball. So when he trapped the ball, forced Joel a, a trade to give the ball up and somebody else make a play. And that was the biggest difference. So that wouldn't matter whether it was Danny Green or Ben Simmons. I want to make sure we reiterate 
we can't leave Danny out the dry saying it's all Danny. No, no, no. It wasn't Danny Green because it wasn't like Trey was doing a lot of one-on-one things. Yes, he did some. But most of his points came up him coming off a pick and roll. And how did the other guy defend him? So it wasn't much of Danny. So what type of adjustment do you expect Doc to make going into game two, specifically to slow Trey Young down so the Hawks don't build a big lead, 26-point lead like that as they did yesterday? Yeah, yeah 20, that's, a, that's a big hole to climb It up. is 26 points, that's a big hole. So, But a lot of that has to do with I think we're going to see more trapping of the pick and roll. That that soft defense is going to be a little altered. I think we're going to see a lot more uh, trapping of the pick and roll, forcing Trey to give it up and uh, making somebody else beat us. But as well as, I know we say put Ben on him, but Trey is such a small individual, statue-wise. And Ben is the, the biggest point guard in the NBA since Magic Johnson. And I'm afraid that when Ben is on him for the majority of the game, I think he's going to be in foul trouble because Ben is an aggressive defender. And Trey is so young, so he's small, that a lot of times the referee blows fouls on behalf of the smaller player. And that's going to be favorite Trey. So I wouldn't be surprised if Doc did not start or at least keep Ben on him the entire game. Expect a lot more Matisse on him than Ben. Were you surprised about how little Matisse played in the first half? Or was that just a result of the second unit having such a difficult time staying in the game? That's it. I just think the second unit wasn't playing well. And I think coach is trying to reach for straws to see if he can get something different from somebody else. And Matisse's number wasn't called as much. But expect Matisse to play a little bit more, I think. Ben Simmons was 3 of 10 from the foul line, and, and the end of the game was crazy with how everything panned out. You know, they, they lost by four, but they were down double digits for, for a lot of the way. Um, but Ben's seven missed three free throws come back, and they say, well, they lost by four points, and Ben missed seven three free throws. Um, how much of, the, of an issue do you think the foul shooting for Ben Simmons is at this point? Here's the thing. I think Ben's a phenomenal free throw shooter. I think it's a mental game. I really believe it's a mental game. And I think until Ben to turn that three for 10 to seven or 10, I think teams are going to keep doing it. I think Hawks is going to do it game two and throughout the duration of playoffs. I believe that Ben needs to get over that hurdle. Now that's easier said than done because I'm not the one shooting. Um, but I think teams are going to, this is something that's going to be a constant. So I, I want everybody to understand this is something that's not going to stop. This is going to continue for the remainder of the playoffs. So if 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 you're, I mean, you you play you play professionally. When you're when you're in a kind of a a funk like that, free throw shooting wise, because like you said, Ben Ben during the regular season wasn't missing like he's missing right now. What do you what do you do to get out of that? Do you just shoot a hundred foul shots a day to just, or or is it more? It's more of a mental thing more than just going to the gym and shooting a hundred two hundred foul shots. It's more than that. It's a lot more than that. Why is it more than that? Because you have to keep in mind, where's the crowd? <laughs> uh, where's the pressure of being fouled for a reason that they don't have confidence you're going to make them? So you can go to jump shoot 120 free throws, which you should be doing anyway. But at that point, it comes to the point where, okay, they're following me. I'm going to go to free throws. It's okay. I shot 200 a day. But now you put in the crowd. You put in the pressure of the other guys in the court. You put in the pressure. They follow me because they think I'm a bad free throw shooter. So it's more so mental game. And I think that has to be adjusted more so in, a, in a, the, the play of the game. You can shoot more at, at, on the gym, which you should be anyway, but to simulate and to get used to that, it has to keep, continue to keep going. And the more they keep doing it, the more Ben uh, uh, will adjust and evolve to be okay shooting them in front of the crowd. 
Joel Embiid, 38 minutes yesterday, playoff career high 39. He's playing on his right knee that is not 100%. He admits that it's difficult playing with a torn meniscus, however much it is torn. How, how concerned are you about Joel's health for the rest of the series? And, and like you said, the pick-and-roll thing is, is huge because you know, he, he might have to play up on the pick-and-roll. How concerned are you yeah. for all those aspects considering Joel's <clears throat> condition? Yeah, see, that's the thing. It's interesting. When the news came out, I was actually on a golf course with a, 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 a knee surgeon, a surgeon who does those things. Not somebody that's treating Joel, but just a, a, a surgeon that does these kind of surgeries. And I was like, man, how's it look? He said the thing with a meniscus, the good thing is it's slightly torn, is because you never know how you're going to feel the next day. You have to work out, do what you're going to do, and then your body will tell you, how do you go the next day? This is not something to have a regimen treatment process. This is what we're going to do today. That Because every day, 24 hours after you put in a lot of work, your body's going to tell you how you truly feel. The good thing is there's no back-to-backs. He said that's a great thing. There's no back-to-backs and it may be close. But every now and then, if you're, if you're not feeling right Sunday, two days later, you still might not be feeling fine. But then Wednesday, you feel absolutely perfect. So he says something you got to play by ear. Nobody can say he's going to play this amount of games. It's just how he felt. But he looked great. The only thing that concerns me, if I had to pick something, was how is he going to be able to guard that pick and roll? Because on that pick and roll, you have to get down low. You have to move laterally to prevent them guards from getting around you. And I, I worry more how does it affect them on the defensive end than the offensive end. You said at the beginning of our chat that you think the Sixers got the, the best of the Hawks yesterday. In other words, the Hawks can't perform better than they did, shooting 70-plus in the first quarter, scoring 128 <laughs> points, going up 26 on the top seed on the road. So how confident are you that the Sixers will be able to have a better start tomorrow, tie the series up, go to Atlanta, at, at least win one, and win the series however long it takes? I'm very confident. I'm very confident because I know, I know I've been watching the Hawks. I've been watching the Sixers. And Hawks is a very good shooting team led by Trey. But they don't have the, the, the constant – they don't have the ability – to me, in my opinion, to stop teams. So even though the six had unforced errors, even though they shot the lights out the ball, I think we got their best shot. Um, it's, it, when Collins can shoot the three like that, you know you're in for a long night. When we can have self, uh, self-created uh, errands on turnovers, do you know you're having a long night. Those are things we can easily correct just by some adjustments. And I think once they get done, the story will be different. I agree. I agree. I think the Sixers do come back in this series, assuming that they play better. Mark Jackson, really appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Stay safe and enjoy the rest of the series. I appreciate you. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. That's NBC Sports Philadelphia's Mark Jackson. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color, starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.